Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate seeing you sad, but sometimes it's cute and it makes me laugh. <laughs> Welcome to I Tell My Husband the News. I'm Shannon Ray Green, a journalist at USA Today. Each week, I catch my husband up on all the stories he may have missed. He doesn't really like to read or watch the news, so I'm pretty much his sole news source. It's a big responsibility. My husband, Dusty Terrell, is a local comedian in the Washington, D.C. area. Thanks for being here, Dusty. Thanks for having me, Shannon. What's going on, Dusty? Hey, Shannon. How you doing? I'm good. How was your weekend? I think my weekend was a little better than yours. I went to... Louisville, Kentucky, had some barbecue and some bourbon, which are some of my favorite things. Yeah. And I just hung out at home and I did a little bit of work, but mostly just relaxed. It was great. Mm, Not as good as barbecue and bourbon, though. Although it sure was great to have you out of my hair. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) We had a new five-star review from Alicia T., Thanks so much, Alicia T. means a lot to us. Yeah, you're the best. Remember that the more five-star reviews we get, the better, because that helps more people find the show. Um, So if you want to take the time to give us a shout-out on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, we would love it. You have to review online on desktop with Stitcher. But if you have some other feedback for us you can get in touch with us over twitter i'm at shannon ray green i'm at dusty terrell and you can email us at i tell my husband the news at usatoday.com a bionic hand named after luke skywalker could help amputees feel again this was written by my colleague morgan hines she writes To lose a hand is to lose part of yourself. That's what Gregory Clark, an associate professor of biomedical engineering at the University of Utah, told USA Today. And while prosthetic hands have been in use for thousands of years, there's room for improvement. Researchers at the University of Utah, with the help of other organizations including BlackRock, Microsystems, and DEKA, have been on a mission to do just that. They have developed a prosthetic system that will allow patients to regain their sense of touch— Clark said, quote, traditional prosthetic hands lack sensory feedback, which makes them clumsy to control and makes them feel unnatural, unquote. As a result, the team added sensory feedback to an advanced bionic arm called the Luke arm. It's named for the robotic arm Luke Skywalker receives in The Empire Strikes Back. They used output from arm sensors to control the stimulation of sensory nerve fibers, which convey information to the brain and create the sensation of touch. To recreate that sensation, electrodes were connected to the inside of nerves. Clark said, quote, The participants can feel over a hundred different locations and types of sensation coming from their missing hand, unquote. 
The sensations include different types of touch, such as pressure, flutter, or vibration, temperature, and pain. According to Clark, users can also feel the location and contraction of their muscles, even though the muscles aren't actually there. He said, quote, that's because we can send electrical signals up the sensory fibers, biological wires, from the muscles, so the brain interprets them as real, unquote. And just as the brain is able to interpret the electrical signals, the motor signals from the brain register with the Luke as well. Clark said that when a user thinks about moving their hand, whether they have one or not, the brain will send a motor signal down the nerves. Clark said, quote, if we record and interpret those motor signals accurately, then the user can control a prosthetic arm naturally and intuitively just by thinking about it, much as they used to do with their biological arm, unquote. Kevin Walgamont was a participant in the study. He used the arm for the first time in 2017. He said in the news release, quote, It almost put me to tears. It was really amazing. I never thought I would be able to feel in that hand again, unquote. The next immediate step is to make the system portable so that take-home trials can be feasible. The prosthetic is pending FDA approval, according to Clark. He said that they are hoping to start take-home trials within the coming months. They are also hoping to make wireless versions so users don't have to have wires sticking out as they do with the current model. Commercial versions will take years to become available. Clark said, quote, Sensation restores not only the ability to feel again, it also partially restores the sense of feeling whole, unquote. We can rebuild him, Shannon. We have the technology. <laughs> Is that a line from The Empire Strikes Back? No, it's from The Bionic Man. Oh. They should have renamed they should have named the arm Steve Austin instead of Luke. Mm. I guess I see the whole Star Wars reference too. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, let me know when they get further on this technology and I'd be willing to replace all kinds of body parts of mine. <laughs> which, which ones would you want replaced? Can I get a say in this about which body parts get replaced? I don't want any to get replaced. My body, my choice, Shannon. Right, right, right. Um, I would like bionic abs would be the mm. first choice probably. Okay. I think your abs are great the way they are. I the, really do. The way they don't exist is... <laughs> they exist. They're not a six-pack by any no, means, they're, but... They're very much hidden. <laughs> the other thing that's interesting about this is that it can also reduce the problem of phantom pain. I was talking to the reporter about it, and I actually talked a little bit to the professor from the University of Utah, and they said that in initial experiments, uh, participants were saying that it reduced the problem that comes with having a phantom limb. And because there's something that is actually telling them they're feeling something, it's not this imagined thing anymore. It's cool. It's cool how they, they figured all that out. It's mm -hmm. remarkable. It really is. So Professor Clark actually got us some video of one of the participants in the study, Kevin Walgamot, who we were talking about earlier. So here's a little bit of audio of him explaining that he is just enjoying the sense of touch. Um, the researchers were calling that uh, stimming. So he was just enjoying what it was like to hold his cell phone in this bionic hand. Here, let's take a quick listen. No, it's stimming. Oh. The witch... That's so great. I'm so glad that exists. Cool. <laughs> it's interesting because it allows people to do things like pluck a grape or do certain things that you, we all just take for granted that our bodies let us do. 
I can't tell you the last time I plucked a grape. (laughs) But just having that fine motor control. I mean, imagine if you couldn't play the games on your phone. You'd be devastated. That's true. (laughs) That's true. I need both my hands for for phone games. And that's pretty much it. That's the limit to what I need them for. I think you need it to take care of yourself, though. I would miss it very much, I think, if I didn't have it. I think science is so cool the way that it keeps coming up with incredible solutions for people. I love touching stuff, too. Touching stuff is, like, my favorite. Uh Uh-huh. Me, too. And it's amazing that it can give you that feeling of what it's like to touch something, whether it's soft or hard. It, It gives you information that gets sent to your brain with an electrical signal. It's remarkable that scientists have been able to tap into that. I mean, I I gotta say, I think touch is probably one of the top five senses, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) If you had to rank the senses, how would you rank them? Mm, Sight. I thought you were going to start with sight. I think I would start with hearing. I think I'd put hearing last. But how are we going to listen to our podcast or edit our podcast? I don't need to listen to it. I just need everyone else to listen to it. Um, I guess you don't really need taste, but maybe I'd be much healthier if I didn't have a <laughs> sense of taste because then, uh, then uh, I'd just eat health food only, primarily. So you're putting that one last? Actually, smell. What good is that? Smelling stuff. Usually it's just bad. <laughs> What? <laughs> so I'd do probably probably sight, number one, touch, hearing, taste, and then smell. And then number six is seeing dead people. <laughs> for all the... Spoiler alert. Yeah, for all the people who haven't seen that movie. <laughs> spoiler alert. I wonder how many people don't get the reference. We're getting old, Shannon. <laughs> You can be sued for posting a negative online review. This was written by my colleague Kim Commando. She writes, Online reviews are a blessing and a curse. When they're glowing, a single review can boost business and improve morale. A bad review can be hurtful and drive away customers. Since many reviews are anonymous, the web is full of unfiltered vitriol, and people are getting savvy that you cannot trust negative reviews. Not to mention all the reviews that are actually fake, even on mainstream sites like Amazon. Some businesses have taken action, and the results are controversial. Commenters have found themselves sued by the companies they panned. Citing slander, proprietors have litigated against their critics with a SLAP lawsuit. That stands for Strategic Lawsuits Against Public Participation. And it's changing the whole dynamic of online commentary. So these SLAP lawsuits, are they a protection against libel, or is it a threat to free speech? Reviewing a business on the web is reflexive at this point for many of us. If we're happy with the product or service, we want the people responsible to know how we feel. We also want to share our opinion with the rest of the Internet to help others decide where to spend their money. The Internet can be a negative place, of course, and many people turn to online reviews as a way to vent a recent frustration. Many of these reviews come off as abusive and defamatory rants, which is almost always inappropriate and in poor taste. 
a legal filing is a pretty dramatic response. Rather than proceed with litigation with the intention of winning, the plaintiffs in slap suits rely on brute force and superior resources to convince defendants into retracting their comments or backing down completely. The suits are often crafted to be complicated, lengthy, and expensive for participants. So if a person doesn't have the means to defend themselves financially, they often have no choice but to give in to the demands of the plaintiff, which usually comes in the form of damages, apologies, and removing the offending review or comments. So how have these slap lawsuits affected Internet reviewers? They have had a noticeable effect. Several reviewers from around the web have found themselves on the wrong end of slap lawsuits based on comments they've left on websites like Yelp and Google. Typically, these suits take a good deal of time to resolve and often leave defendants with high legal bills that exceed their ordinary cost of living. Slap lawsuits are starting to get attention in many jurisdictions. As of today, 28 states, Washington, D.C., and the U.S. Territory of Guam have added anti-slap statutes to their legal codes. These statutes are designed to help defendants navigate and potentially dismiss the suits should they become involved in one. So here's how to write a fail-safe review. If a service or product infuriates you, wait a few days so you can calm down. We say all kinds of inadvisable things in the heat of the moment, and we often regret these comments later, lawsuit or not. Second, make sure that your review is factually accurate. Do not use hyperbolic language or embellish the events that occurred. Libel is difficult to prove, but any exaggeration will work against you in a legal arena. Finally, use good judgment. One bad waiter doesn't mean the whole restaurant was terrible, and every business has its off days. If customer service is truly awful, think of the review as a caution for others, not as a soapbox to make yourself feel better. Respectful discourse is endangered everywhere, especially on the internet. No one should be sued for an honest opinion, but you can almost always provide criticism without being cruel. Lucky for us, we only get good reviews, Shannon. <laughs> we don't have to sue anyone. <laughs> it's almost like they shouldn't allow bad reviews. Like, you can't give just one or two stars. You, three stars is the minimum. <laughs> I mean, feedback is good. It's good to get feedback. I think I'm going to reach out to Apple Podcasts and ask them to get rid of that one-star option. Oh, my gosh. At least for our podcast. Oh, my. Well. That's not going to happen. We really haven't got, we've been lucky. We haven't gotten that many bad reviews. I think for the most part, people who don't like our show just move on. And everybody who loves our show piles on and gives us lots of good reviews. (laughs) So that's really great. We are very fortunate. Have you ever written a bad review? A negative review? Who's got the time? Yeah. I don't feel like we ever get that passionate about a product or service either. I always think the the whole thing with reviews is I don't really I don't really trust anyone's opinion. So like if I see a bad review, I always think to myself like, "Oh, was this written by someone with my standards or was by someone who has way higher standards, especially right. like a restaurant or a hotel or something. Like if they're just like, this place is filthy." I'm like, "Well, how filthy?" Like we're we just talking about like <laughs> It smells a little smoky in the room, or are we talking about, like, there's blood everywhere, kind of filthy? Oh, my gosh. Be be specific, I guess, is what I'm saying. (laughs) I think that's what they're recommending in the the lawsuit, too, right? Mm -hmm. If there's blood everywhere, you probably should tell someone. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like the negative reviews that you would most like to write are for chain stores. (laughs) Like you get so annoyed at when we go to con- convenience stores or when we go to. You mean like CVS or Rite Aid? 
Yeah. Their lines are ridiculous. <laughs> or Walgreens. Yeah, you seem to be so annoyed with them, but it's not like there's a, an opportunity to have an impact by... Yeah, my my uh, rating system is usually just my facial expression. Because <laughs> I'm not going to go home and write anything. Oh, no, that'd be yeah. too much effort. And also, there's so many... I don't even keep things like Yelp constantly installed on my phone. I just, maybe I'll install it when we're traveling or something, but otherwise, whatever. <laughs> How do you find where to eat? I use my eyes. Maybe Google. <laughs> and last today, we've got the lightning fast headline roundup. Does Dusty care about these stories in the slightest? Here we go. Katy Perry and her team owe rapper $2.78 million for stolen song. Is that rapper's name Dusty Terrell by any chance? Nope. Mm, I am not a rapper. (laughs) These are the 20 most stolen new cars. I bet you Toyota Corolla is not on that list. (laughs) So we're in the clear. Yeah. (laughs) Maryland man catches record mahi-mahi. Mahi-mahi is a fun word to say. (laughs) Yeah. The Bezos complete their divorce, divvy up Amazon. There's a new boss in town. (laughs) The Rock and Idris Elba battle. Who's the sexiest man? Which one would you pick, Shannon? And let me remind you that this podcast is done with your husband. (laughs) Idris Elba. No! No! That was not the answer you're supposed to pick. You're supposed to pick me. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> I hate seeing you sad, but sometimes it's cute. It makes me laugh. <laughs> New theme park coming to Universal Orlando Resort. That's what they needed. More theme parks. <laughs> if it's not Harry Potter themed, I'm not interested. Flight attendant crawls into plane's overhead bin. So that's why they won't let us bring carry-ons anymore. <laughs> they, want, they wanted that space for them to hang out in. Burger King's Impossible Whopper is going nationwide. I think it's impossible for me to want to go there. <laughs> you might be surprised. Don't knock it till you try it, Dusty. I'm knocking it. And I'm not going to try it. <laughs> The world's priciest scotch is shockingly expensive. I'm not going to buy it, but I wouldn't (laughs) mind having some of it. Oh, my gosh. It sold at an auction for $631,850. Yeah, that's too much. Next week on I Tell My Husband the News. Well, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. That's why it's called the news. (laughs) I Tell My Husband the News is part of the USA Today podcast network. New episodes come out every Monday. If you want to check out other podcasts from all across the USA Today network, just go to podcast.usatoday.com or find them wherever you listen to podcasts like Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.